1: 1060 online at kdos1060.com. It's a Friday. It's March 31st. He is Bob Kemp. I am Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Today's show will feature a Nuggets conversation with Harrison Wind from DNVR Sports at 1015. Uh, Originally maybe looking forward to this game, but now who's playing for the Nuggets? So we'll find out what's going on with Denver with Harrison around 1015. Today, Diamondbacks opening day was yesterday. Their home opener is upcoming April 6th through 9th. And guess what? The Diamondbacks facing the Dodgers once again in that series during their opening weekend series. And it will be a busy weekend with an opening day street festival on Thursday, April 6th, post-game fireworks on Friday, April 7th. And you can kick off the new season and secure your tickets at dbacks.com tickets. A couple of different ways for you to win tickets. Download the KDOS 1060 app register follow along with the instructions to be eligible to win a pair of tickets or you can be today's lucky caller when we call for that opportunity in addition to that it's friday spread there's some games upcoming this weekend final four on the line but von hansen's meats and spirits back with us von here are the weekend specials 75% lean ground beef at $3.99 a pound, ground fresh daily, prime pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound, and fresh whole chickens at $1.99 a pound. You can always visit them uh, in Chandler at 2390 North Alma School Road. We'll have a $100 gift certificate for you later on in today's show. But let's get to it. The KDOS1060.com poll question. Who do you have ATS on Saturday night? night and wow uh this has been flipped on its head uconn minus five and a half miami plus five and a half are the numbers miami is now out in front at 80 percent of the vote uconn sitting at 20 percent
0: okay we need to get somewhere in the middle here (laughs) (laughs) See, see how this goes.
1: Yeah, the the landslides go in either direction here and obviously you had a conversation Bob in the sports zone with Dom Amori from the Hartford Courant uh talking all things Yukon and if you missed that you can podcast kdos1060.com with the kdos1060 app, Apple or Spotify. Places to catch that interview. Let's flip it on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Who do you have? ATS Saturday afternoon, SDSU minus two and a half, Florida Atlantic plus two and a half. Numbers coming from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And well, this hasn't changed. Continues to be San Diego State at 100% of the vote.
0: Yeah, I don't make, you know, I don't do power rankings and have like official numbers, but yeah, you know, when I. Realized, you know, we we found out that these were going to be the two matchups after last weekend. I kind of thought UConn would be like a six-point favorite, and they were. And they have been, actually, a couple places for a while. Uh, And I thought that San Diego State would be like a three-point favorite. So, I think the. I I agree with the odds makers as far as these numbers. And so, it's not crazy. You You know, there's sometimes numbers you just kind of go, whoa, but not these two for me.
1: All right, we will answer this question around uh, 1130 and we'll also have a preview of these games more in depth uh, in our number two of today's program. Opening day of baseball and you had to wait until 710 p.m. for the Diamondbacks to get their season started last night in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. They lost 8-2. to two. Zach Gallen got the nod. He started off great with three strikeouts in the first inning. Then he had a 1-2-3 second inning. Got into trouble in the third inning will smith made him pay tying the game up 2-2 then he kind of got back on track again in the fourth and then it came apart in the fifth by none other than will smith seems to be gallon's kryptonite at least last night
0: yeah i'm kind of wondering about uh the fact that carson kelly's not going to be the catcher for a while here obviously uh, gabriel moreno is there now and he's uh highly thought of as a prospect young catcher and so forth but you know receiving skills i'm not positive yet Uh, also gallon you know last year liked to throw to first base and they put limitations on that for sure uh this year we saw you know a lot of stolen base opportunities and mainly successful stolen bases around major league baseball yesterday with the new rules and I'm kind of wondering whether those two things are those are going to be difficult adjustments for Gallon. Possibly, uh, I mean, he kind of ran out of gas. I mean, once again, once you uh, you know these guys are under pitch counts for the most part early in the season. The aces and even the best pitchers. And Gallon certainly uh, proven uh, last year that he would be one of those. Uh, and uh, he just uh, kind of uh, you know that last inning he was he kind of running on fumes at that point. Ended up giving up five runs, six hits, three walks, and it uh, was not his best performance. I'm sure he'd like to have a couple of pitches back, and Will Smith, as you mentioned, uh, he's really good. Uh, and uh, he's going to, uh, as long as Clayton Kershaw's not pitching, because it seems like uh, Austin Barnes from ASU, is uh, Barnes is a, the personal catcher for Kershaw.
1: Uh, you know, so were you surprised for the Diamondback side of things here with the starting lineup that was run out there? Uh, leading, leading off was designator hitter, hitter Kyle Lewis, second base Cattell Marte, left fielder Lourdes Gurriel, first baseman Christian Walker, third baseman Evan Longoria, shortstop Nick Ahmed, center fielder Corbin Carroll, uh, catcher Gabriel Moreno, and then right fielder Jake McCarthy. Were you surprised at all by the starting lineup for Lovello on opening day?
0: Not at all, because Urias is just killer. So you get, he, he destroys and dominates left-handed hitters. So I could, I certainly understood uh, why you try to load up against right-handers. And yeah, uh, you know, the first time through the order, they actually hit him pretty hard and got a couple of runs. It could add more, uh, but they didn't. So no, I wasn't surprised at that whatsoever.
1: Uh, You also have Nick Ahmed getting a hit, scoring a run. But what was, I guess, most impressive for me, and I didn't quite realize this, is that he is now entering his 10th season with the Diamondbacks, which becomes the first person ever to have 10 seasons with the club.
0: I didn't realize it was the first person ever with 10 seasons. So, wow, yeah. Uh, He had the only extra base hit for the Diamondbacks last night.
1: And then, in addition to that, I guess staying on the line of uh, record set set here for the club, Torrey Lovello is entering his seventh season as manager, and that makes him the longest manager in Diamondbacks history.
0: I did know that, so uh, you know, it's uh, you know, I think Bob Melvin's the best manager the Diamondbacks have ever had. Obviously, Bob Brenly uh, certainly uh, can be argued about that, and he was the most successful with the World Series. But uh, you know, Lovello is a uh, Gone through some uh, different regimes of things, including front offices, uh, and uh, some good and some maybe not so good back in the previous era. Uh, so I think that uh, you know, as long as uh, you know, Mike Hayes and Lavello seem to be kind of a package deal here now, though. So that's a good thing.
1: In addition to this, as we move forward into tonight's contest, it's going to be Merrill Kelly against Dustin May. Don't quite know the lineups yet for that. But in terms of Merrill Kelly, we did see him a couple of times in in the World Baseball Classic going up against uh, Dustin May tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that anything that happened in the World Baseball Classic really makes much of a difference here uh i do certainly would assume you know corbin carroll against the right-handed pitching dustin may will be the leadoff hitter and i guess maybe the lineup that some people expected would be uh you know more likely to be out there tonight
1: then on saturday it's going to be madison bumgarner against clayton kershaw like 10 years ago this would have been a marquee clear your calendars on a saturday night kind of deal
0: yeah. Now it's kind of clear your calendar and hold your breath as far as, uh, maybe both of them. You just, you know, hope that Kershaw makes it through the game. If you're a Dodger fan with the, you know, the back injuries and uh, that he's had for many years now, over that, actually, if I remember correctly, the first thing i like, first time I remember him having back problems is when they made that stupid two game you know, trip to Australia. And, uh, he had, uh, you know, back issues on the plane. Kershaw did. And, uh, It seems like that's been a periodical thing uh, at least once per season uh, for really since then. And now it's been several years ago when that happened. That actually also resulted in Patrick Corbin trying to speed it up through spring training and being injured for the entire season, basically.
1: Uh, And then finally, the Sunday matchup, Zach Davies against Noah Sindergaard. You know, what do you see from Zach Davies and then Noah Sindergaard? Is he just kind of a shell of himself right now?
0: Totally. I mean, he's, he was, you know, I don't know about spring training and how, how seriously we should take spring training, but he's on a new team, uh, and uh, you would think he'd be trying to impress his you know, new new employer, and that didn't go great. You know, Zach Davies, there were actually some people that weren't sure if he was going to make their roster, but it's not like the Diamondbacks starting rotation, you know, shined during spring training, so, you know, he, he's still in the rotation, and they decided to send down some of the younger guys instead.
1: Uh, so that is what's going on with the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Phoenix Suns, they're at home hosting the Nuggets tonight, an NBA Western Conference clash. But who's actually playing for the Nuggets we'll find out in addition to some other topics surrounding the team that's been leading the NBA West for the season. We'll head on out to the KDOS hotline joined by Harrison Wind from DNVR Sports on the other side of the break. It is The Extra Point. He is Bob Kemp. I am Kayla Mortolaro, right here on KDOS AM 1060 KDOS 1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Downloaded today register to become a user and Take advantage of all of the great listener rewards that we have available to you. That's the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Denver Nuggets conversation is coming up next.
0: Have you downloaded the KDOS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone.
1: 1019 here on kdos am 1060 on this friday march 31st bob cam caleb mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do mondays wednesdays thursdays and fridays We were scheduled to be joined by Harrison Wynn to chat Denver Nuggets DNVR Sports trying to catch up with Harrison here now so if we're able to we'll certainly dive back into that but when it comes to the Denver Nuggets here they've been sitting atop the West for the entire season 51 and 25 Jokic has kept up the greatness that we've kind of been accustomed to seeing Uh, he's essentially averaging a triple double just shy of it here 24.9 points per game 11.9 rebounds per game 9.9 assists per game scoring has been down a bit because you have guys like jamal murray back you have guys like michael porter jr back uh but bob from from your perspective i mean Jokic, he he's a big guy but he has vision he has the ability to be tough he has a, a nice uh feel and and soft touch to the game as well what most impresses you when you watch Jokic play
0: just as awareness of what's going on on the floor, um, you know, obviously, you know, he has, you know, as you mentioned, you know, scoring skills and his passing ability is amazing. You know, nine point nine assists per game. They run the offense through him, uh, the majority of the time, and you know, it's uh, you know, and he's, you know, it's not like he's a, you know, 15 year veteran or something that uh, you know has seen everything. I think he's probably seen everything because teams have been trying to figure out how to defend him. For some time now, but uh, I just think that court awareness is just astonishing uh, for a player that's been around forever, let alone a player that's uh, still in his, uh, I wouldn't say his early seasons, but I mean, it's, it's amazing how good he is and how much he just understands the game at this young of an age, And at least in my opinion, a young of an age.
1: Uh, Getting Jamal Murray back has certainly been a a big help to the Nuggets here. And and how much does that just kind of really uh, balance out the team?
0: Well, I think it's certainly if you're defending the Nuggets, you know, obviously when Murray didn't play for, you know, know, a long time for basically part of the last couple of years, you know, it was much easier. You know, Jokic, I guess you make a case that he he was even more impressive then because he didn't have the cast of characters but Murray is a I don't want to call him a sidekick but I mean he's averaging you know 20 a game and uh you know he he's certainly he, he's a you know a weapon in the offensive end uh, one of the be- you know best you know perimeter you know, guards in and in, in, uh, in the NBA so it's a big and he's up to 33 minutes a game now too uh so I think that's a very important thing with the with the Nuggets regarding Murray
1: uh, so the Nuggets played last night uh, against the Pelicans. No, uh, Jokic did not play, citing a calf strain there, uh, as it is for what was being reported last night after the game. Michael Malone, head coach, didn't sound optimistic that Jamal Murray would be playing tonight in Phoenix after uh, getting 36 minutes last night, and then mm-hmm. also with that, whether or not what the status is for Murray, Jokic, and Catavius Caldwell Pope for tonight, and even. Even if they would travel so that could potentially really change this matchup if those three players are just not even with the team
0: well the betting market certainly doesn't think they're playing because the number's up to 10 and a half. you would see a couple of 11s out there now in the state of Nevada so uh you know the uh, you know some of the uh you know higher limit shops in Nevada opened at like eight o'clock hour time and so they've had plenty of time to bet into this and uh there's seemingly uh, no you know, wise guy money or insider money, quote unquote, on the on the Nuggets at this point. So that certainly gives you a, at least a thought process, and uh, that uh, you know he, they're not playing tonight.
1: So I have a feeling that you don't really pay much attention to this and and probably don't care, Uh, and that's the latest straw poll that came out in regards to kind of testing the the waters of, of where people are at in terms of what they think about MVP race. And Joel Embiid actually overtook Jokic in that latest straw poll, so we'll find out what happens as the season is winding down here. But from a standpoint of Jokic, you're going for three MVPs in in a row would something like that be meaningful to you or is it finally taking the next step as a nuggets organization and not bowing out early and making it to the nba finals
0: you know the answer to this <laughs> for me um, you know there there can't be too many people on planet earth or any you know, other planets for that matter that care less about individual awards and team sports than me uh so we'll see what happens and uh, you know they need to do better in the postseason and yeah there's been some stuff going on obviously murray being you know not a hundred percent basically for you know all or parts of the last three playoff runs uh that's had something to do with it unfortunately there's still the bubble year when they had the 3-1 lead against the jazz and lost that series and you know i don't know if that's uh Resulted in a stigma. I think it's hard to tell whether there's a you know stigma maybe there's too strong a word. Maybe it's not. Uh, you know they have not had postseason success, and I wonder whether the fact that you know they had that series all but one and just spit it away. And granted, that was in the bubble and so forth, and there were all kinds of other circumstances going on. Needless to say, then, uh, but you know they have not been uh, nearly as successful in the postseason as they have been in the regular season.
1: Yeah, and so when we look at this, they've been atop of these standings, and let's just say Jokic doesn't play here for for tonight's game, and maybe they start to figure out different ways to rest him before the start of the playoffs, and the Grizzlies, uh, I think they're they're. I guess it's within reach for the Grizzlies to overtake them, but it's highly improbable. So when we're looking more at who's going to be facing the Nuggets in that final playoff spot, you have the teams that are still vying and jockeying for position. So it could potentially come down to you know, a Lakers, a Timberwolves, a Thunder, or a Mavericks. Are there any particular teams in that range that would really test the Nuggets as a number one seed?
0: Possibly, I mean, I don't think the Clippers fall in this category. Well, we're gonna know they're not gonna know who they play until like two days before, uh, because that's what uh, I, we're on the assumption here that the Nuggets are gonna be the number one overall seed in the West, and yeah, obviously, uh, you know that's what the play-in tournament is for to determine who plays the one and two seeds, and so I uh, don't really know quite how to you know just stumble through the question here. My bad on this. Uh, but, uh, we'll, well see. Okay, I so do Let's, think let's that look
1: at the Lakers for a second here. If they're potentially the team that gets in there, you have Anthony Davis who, uh, he has the ability to be a big guy and LeBron James, of course is who he is, but this team is a little bit different than it was at the start of the year. You have Austin Reeves, you've made some other trades here. Do they match up more physically to the nuggets now than they did earlier on in the year?
0: I really don't know. I'm sorry. Apologize. I I, uh, have no clue, uh, quite frankly. But, uh, yeah, I would think that any time, you know, the the Nuggets, if the Nuggets played the Lakers, I would think it would be very important for the Nuggets uh, to get, uh, you know, a lead in the series for a couple of reasons. One, you're going to be playing at home where they're just unbelievably good. You know, most teams are better at home and on the road, but they've got the altitude thing working for them. And uh, if they uh, certainly uh, can't lose a home game in those first two playoff games, you can't do that, but uh, you need to establish a lead in the series and considering their postseason history, I would imagine that might work against them too. Excuse me, but I think two really key players for the Nuggets here, no matter what they're doing, who they're playing, and when they're playing them are Michael Porter Jr., who is – at least for right now he's healthy he's played in 59 games this season and that's an improvement he's had back injury since before he even started his college career uh and he's had some back issues since he got into the nba and also aaron gordon of course from the university of arizona he's had a tremendous season and we kind of know what you're getting out of him even though his offense has been better this year i'm not positive about his shooting percentages i have to look that up but uh you know he's averaging 16.3 points per game he's an outstanding defender he's actually a pretty good passer for a guy that uh, i think a lot of people don't even really recognize that and all around player but those two guys no matter who they're playing and whenever they're playing them if they have postseason success short term long term those two guys are going to have to i think step up in the postseason
1: well, let's flip this to the Suns side of things here. If all of those key players are not playing for the Nuggets tonight, if Jokic isn't playing, if Murray isn't playing, if Katavia's Caldwell Pope isn't playing, i become very disappointed because at some point we kind of need to see some barometer type games, right, for the Suns because you have KD back and I discount his poor shooting performance as that's going to be an anomaly. He's going to be back and he's going to be fine. Got, but to kind of to get everybody back playing together against a formidable opponent but if the Nuggets aren't bringing their players we're not getting those barometer type games ahead of the playoffs
0: yeah I think uh, first up I totally agree with you on the KD assessment from the other night Uh, secondly though I think we really disagree on this I could care less whether they have barometer minutes from here until the time the playoffs start because you know, assuming that they do have a first-round bye and have to beat it, almost have to lose out at this point, not to get the uh, – you know, you know, I shouldn't say first-round bye, but to, to avoid the play-in. Uh, you know, the, I think the Suns are better off if they just have a practice for an entire week and do whatever they want to do as opposed to playing some teams that are going to likely be shorthanded like apparently tonight. Uh, I don't know how good that does anyway. So I, I just, you know, st- just show up on the first day of the playoffs, whether that's that Saturday or Sunday, healthy, and you've had a whole week to practice. To me, that's far more important than anything that happens the rest of this regular season.
1: Uh, The game tonight is supposed to be 7.30 p.m. on Bally Sports Arizona. We'll step aside and we'll take your calls in this segment. 602-260-1060 if you'd like to join the program. 602-260-1060 and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break. In addition to that, we'll get back into some more Major League Baseball opening day observations from around the league. Uh, it, It was baseball wall to wall from start to finish from about 10 o'clock on and we have to, of course, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, it was certainly, uh, you know, and I would also say here with the pitch count or not the pitch count, but the pitch clock, things were just moving right along so how fast was it and it just kind of seemed like if one game was going another game was going there was always action no matter what you were looking at so it was a pretty fun opening day so we'll dive into some observations as well but your calls your time if you'd like it 602-260-1060 it is the extra point.
2: Gottlieb Show Monday through Friday, one to three p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the all new KDOS 1060 app powered by SuperBook Sports. Final four action coming up this weekend, Major League Baseball opening day. We're inching closer to the Masters. Lots of fun taking place in the world of sports. But as promised, 602-260-1060 is the number to dive into the program. And so we head on out to the KDOS hotline. Al in Phoenix, what's on your mind today?
2: Hey, Kayla and Bob. Uh, good talking with you again. Yeah, I know this. Uh, the poll questions is for the other game, but uh, I was wondering, the San Diego State FAU game. I really like. I like San Diego State because I really like their defense, and I, I like their uh, their coaching too on that team. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to go too far ahead to Monday, but I'm almost tempted to to predict <laughs> the they're, they're going to be in the win the championship. But I'll, I'll, I'll just, I, I'd like to uh, definitely uh, in the final four game.
0: Well, I think the championship is tomorrow night. Um, you know, so I've gotten in trouble with this theory before. Uh, most uh, obviously Houston and uh, Louisville in 1983 uh, when it was, you know, they had like 10 NBA players on the floor and, you know, they ended up, uh, you know, I think wearing themselves out to some extent and then North Carolina state won on Monday night after Houston blew the big lead and missed a bunch of free throws. And I know, you know, you know, we all love Jimmy V and so forth, but I think the circumstances involving their national championship had more to do with that Saturday Houston Louisville game than anything else. But I actually think that the two best teams are playing on Saturday night with uh, Miami and UConn playing.
2: Well, that's probably, that may well be the case. I I like UConn in that game too. The yeah, I think that they're one, they're on the roll, and two, I don't think Miami uh, plays enough defense. That Bukon. Um, you know, I like the fact you know, when Steve Fisher went out to San Diego State, you know, I kind of had a feeling that the team eventually would be somewhere elite. I mean, he, of course, he retired a few years ago, but definitely that program. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go to the Pac 12 or whatever the heck the conference is going to be called. Um, they better. Maybe- <laughs> yeah, it would be a good. Be good
0: for them. I, both, you know, so. would be good. I think it'd be good for the Pac-12, and I think it would be a no-brainer for San Diego State. In this San Diego State to the Pac-10, Pac-8, whatever it was at the time. <laughs> this has been going on for literally three decades, uh, and uh, for years the reason that they supposedly uh, were not part of the Pac-10 and when it actually expanded is because of academics and. Now I don't. I guess I don't know if that whether their academic standards have increased at San Diego State or whether the Pac-12 just needs uh, universities at this point after UCLA and USC go to the Big Ten.
2: And I think that's more, more the case than the, than the academics. And and then you know you've been talking about this Denver Phoenix game. It without those players, it, I'm, it's not. Very, it doesn't seem very interesting. I mean, I don't know what to, I, I'm not sure what we're going to see out of it. If, if there's anything that we're going to get get out of the game, I'm not going to watch it. Who wants to see Den? You know, Phoenix play Denver without you know its top players? It, uh, it's, it's almost a waste of time. I'm I'm sorry. I just don't don't think it's very interesting.
0: Well, yeah. You know, once again, I, you know, I'm sorry. I keep harping on this, and people, I'm sure, get tired of me talking about this. But it's an NBA regular season game, and Unfortunately, there's not many NBA regular season games, no matter who's playing anymore, that I learned anything about as far as what's going to happen once the playoffs start. So uh, I, I kind of wish there were actually more baseball games today. Uh, you know, th- today's kind of a rain out day uh, for the East Coast. And actually, the only place there was almost a rain, yet, rain out yesterday in Major League Baseball, to my knowledge, was in San Diego, of all places uh so but they ended up playing they had to actually delay the game a couple of times not for an official delay but uh to take care of the field it was raining during the first couple innings of that game uh and they, uh, they never did like even put the tarp on the field but uh anyway um yeah you know, if i didn't have to watch the suns tonight I, there's zero chance i'd be watching this game if uh you know if you know, if Jokic and murray are not playing for denver and I, you know, you
2: you made some good points about Denver, you know, playing that first first playoff series. But I think they need to, if, if they start, you know, they need to they need to prove they can win. You know, well,
0: absolutely,
2: they, yeah, they don't want to. They cho- they've choked away. You know, they've had some, some that that choke uh, against the Jazz. That was. Pretty I think awful. they've
0: only choked one time. I mean, Murray's been out for basically or not healthy oh, for sorry. three other years. So you know, I mean, that's. I, yeah, you know, but the yeah you know, the first year they had the they might I thought at one point they're up three one and when they're in the bubble the first round against Utah and I actually thought they were going to win the NBA uh, after that at that point and they never won another game in the rest of the series or season for that matter they were done and
2: <laughs> yeah, well you know if if they're healthy if by the time the playoffs roll roll around you know I I, I definitely see them as the West representative don't know if I see them as a, as a championship team I think the team there's some teams in the east they're better but uh will be interesting all right well thanks Bob and kale all right 602
1: 260 1060 is the number if you'd like to get in we'll have some more calling time around 1115 uh, today so let's we'll to look back at Major League Baseball opening day yesterday last year in 2022 opening day averaged Three hours and 11 minutes for games to be played this year. Yesterday averaged two hours and 45 minutes, so a significant time reduction there. And you could probably all contribute that to uh, the the pitch clock. And in addition to that, there were still some games that you know had 10 plus runs in in the ball games here, and they were still clocked under three minutes and 30, thir- three hours and 30 minutes. So certainly, I think it's working.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I need to see a whole lot more than one day. And you know, these spring training comparisons were just absurd uh, because the you know, the games played so much differently. I know it was compared to last year's spring training. And the thing that was just beyond stupid is uh, comparing the spring training times this year to time of games in you know, the regular season last year, which is you know there's there's pitching changes in the regular season that you don't have in spring training. Uh, there's all kinds of things. I you know there were some delays last yesterday in games that you know, I guess didn't make a big difference as far as the overall time goes. But yeah, you know, short sample size is you know, something we hear all the time. And nobody seems to be bringing up the short sample size right now. I mean, you know, we need to see a whole lot more than one day of the regular season and one month of spring training to determine whether these rules are actually going to work and get what the desired results are. Uh, and so forth but uh, you know it's if they continue to play like this and if the rules are continue to be enforced like this which I think is another major question because uh, we've seen other sports maybe not this drastically but we've seen other sports especially college basketball they seem to have these you know points of emphasis at the start of every season Oh, we're going to call more fouls and la-dee-da and they do for like you know, the first few games of the season. And then, you know, when you look another month from then, it's kind of like it was before. So we'll see.
1: I will say this, though, that at least watching the Diamondbacks game last night, I never actually saw the pitch clock in the screen or there wasn't like an artificial pitch clock in a score bug or anything like that. So you weren't really focused on it. You were just focused on, oh, here's the next play. So it really wasn't a focal point for me as a viewer. It was more a focal point because I'm like, where is it? And then I didn't see it. So then you just kind of got back into the, the rhythm of the game. However, it is a focal point for pitchers. They have all been talking about how it really is something that that they have to cognizantly think about is that they can't kind of uh, just lollygag around or take some of their breathing or, or, do some of the routine. The routine has to be sped up a little bit. The first pitcher that did get a regular season pitch clock violation went to Cubs pitcher, Marcus Stroman. And then the first hitter called for a violation went to Red Sox, third baseman, Raphael Devers.
0: Yeah. I think this is a much bigger deal for the hitters than it is the pitchers. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, pit, you know, I think the biggest reason games have been slowed down in recent years uh, is the fact that you know basically the pitcher steps out of the box on every pitch, and you know does whatever they do. Uh, they adjust their batting gloves or adjust whatever they are adjusting at that point. And I think it's uh, you know, I understand the the pitching angle here and so forth, but. You know, there's a whole lot of pitchers that have been through some of these rules in the minor leagues, and now I don't think there's as many hitters that were has been, uh, you know, a subject to the new baseball, uh, out of lack of a better term for me.
1: Uh, then you also had Aaron Judge uh, picking up where he left off last season in his first at bat, just absolute uh, ripping the cover off of the ball in a home run in his first at bat, and the Yankees went on to beat the Giants five nothing. Uh, the Orioles they topped the Red Sox ten to nine, and Adley Rutschman was five for five with four RBIs. The Cubs 4-0 over the Brewers. Christian Yelich was 0-2 for 2 with two walks. Meanwhile, Dansby Swanson in his new uniform. He was 3-4 for 4 with one RBI. The Rangers rallied to win 11-7 over the Phillies. Jacob DeGrom, though, struggled 3-2-3, six hits, five runs, seven strikeouts.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing I took from yesterday uh, as far as baseball is the stolen bases. I don't have a number. I apologize, and I should have this handy. But you know, I think that's the. To me, that was the biggest difference yesterday. Was the fact that you've got, uh, you know, the the, the situation where your your you know pitchers are restricted throwing to first base an X number of times, and it seems as if uh, you know that's certainly they they made these you know, changes for more action in baseball and uh, i think that that was the biggest deal to me by far yesterday was the stolen bases were up and uh, like i said i don't have the numbers to back this up but i'm certain uh, that there were more stolen bases and attempts and so forth and uh, we've seen in the uh, the usual Major League Baseball game for the last several years.
1: I have numbers for you. Yesterday, there were 23 stolen base attempts. Uh, 21 were successfully safe. That ends up working out to be 1.53 attempts per game. Last season, teams attempted 0.67 stolen bases per game. So again, we'll go with the small sample size of it just being one game. But if that trend continues, that could be a lot of fun and really kind of change the dynamics of baseball with some with some stolen base opportunities.
0: That's true, even though, yeah, you know, I wonder if pitchers are going to try to, you know, kind of figure out some ways. You know, Scherzer's kind of quick pitching guys and so forth, and, uh, you know, that obviously makes a difference if you're trying to, if you're a base runner and so forth, and you're trying to time the pitcher, and, you know, the pitch clock is going to play a role here too, but not everybody's as smart or as experienced, uh, or both. Uh, is uh, Max Scherzer, so uh, we'll see how other pitchers deal with this. But uh, to me, that was by far the biggest change yesterday and the one thing that uh, stood out to me.
1: Rockies beat the Padres 7-2, Blake Snell 4 in a third inning, 6 hits, 3 uh, runs, 1 walk, 9 strikeouts. The Rockies got to the bullpen, Juan Soto was 0 for 4, Xander Bogarts though in his debut 3 for 4. The one thing I did want to make mention of is that the A's beat the Athletics yesterday 2-1. to Shohei Otani got the start, 6 innings, 2 hits, 3 walks, 10 strikeouts. Since 1901, there have been 26 outings in which a pitcher had 10-plus strikeouts and no runs allowed on opening day. Otani's outing is the first one in which the team has lost the game.
0: Yeah, another reason why I think you're out of your minds if you bet on baseball early in the season as far as uh, pregame, no matter how good you're pitching, you're under a pitch count and you're out of there after X number of pitches or innings. And the Angels' bullpen just you know, didn't hold up their end of the bargain in the eighth, and especially the bottom of the eighth inning. One other quick thing about the San Diego game, Juan Soto, apparently he can't play left field either. Uh, he contributed to a lot of the problems that they had and a lot of runs that they gave. He, he, a, a, a routine play, he didn't make the play, and the, basically the Rockies got three runs because of it.
1: Right now, caller number three, 602-260-1060. You're the winner for a pair of tickets to see the Diamondbacks face the Dodgers April 6th. The D-backs will face the Dodgers April 6th through 9th during their opening weekend series, and it will be a busy weekend with an opening day street festival on Thursday, April 6th, post-game fireworks on Friday, April 7th, and you can kick off the new season. Secure your tickets at dbacks.com For a pair of tickets right now, caller three, 602-260-1060. The number is 602-260-1060 for a pair of tickets to the opening weekend for the Diamondbacks April 6th against the Dodgers. We will wrap up our number one of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports.
0: Morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060.
1: up hour number one of Extra Points on this Friday, March 31st here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Congratulations to our winner of the Diamondbacks uh, pair of tickets to April 6th home opener against the Dodgers. A couple of other ways for you to continue to be a winner here. Download the KDOS 1060 app, register, follow along with the instructions, and you could be eligible for a pair of tickets to that april 6th game or continue following along with us here on kdos am 1060 in the Sports zone and the extra point as we'll have some tickets next week as well that the Diamondbacks facing the dodgers april 6th through 9th during their opening weekend series and the opening day street festival on thursday april 6th post game fireworks on friday april 7th and kick off the new season secure your tickets dbacks.com tickets As we take a look at what's going on at the Valero, Texas Open, uh, there was a lot of fog yesterday, so plenty of fog delays, which caused players to have to finish up round 1 this morning. So how things stood after round 1, uh you had Corey Connors out in front at 8 under par, Patrick Rogers at 6 under par, our guy Matt Kuchar at 4 under par. So as play is continuing here now, currently Patrick Rogers is out in front. He's at 6 under par. Chris Kirk, Corey Connors and Hayden Buckley are all tied for second at 5 under par. Michael Thompson uh And our guy, Matt Kuchar, sitting in a tie for fifth at four under par. He has yet to tee off for his second round, that being Matt Kuchar. A couple of other guys that we had in mind. Robbie Shelton, he's two under par on the day, one under par for the tournament in a tie for 31st. Siwoo Kim is going the wrong way. He's four over par through eight holes. The projected cut line right now sitting at even par. I had seen something about how winds this morning were supposed to be absolutely brutal and that it was supposed to get a little bit better as the afternoon continues to go on. It says gusts up to 15 miles per hour in the San Antonio area. So we'll continue to monitor what's going on at the Valero, Texas Open. This interesting, though, um, you know, Bob, we've talked a lot about how the PGA Tour has made a lot of changes. And these changes have come because of players defecting in the emergence of the live tour. Well, there was this report, and I don't know how accurate the report was, but that your guy, uh, Brooks Kepka, he actually wanted to come back to the PGA Tour because uh, he didn't feel like the competition was as, as tough and as prominent on the Live Tour, and he, he, he missed it out on the PGA Tour. Again, I don't know how accurate that report is. However, it got people wanting to know if somebody wants to leave Live, can they? Because they're signing these guaranteed contracts. That's the big thing, right? You're hearing astronomical numbers for a Phil Mickelson at $250 million to go play live. Uh, a Brooks, uh, a Dustin Johnson, $150 million. Brooks Kepka $100 million. So can they get out of these contracts? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, you can. But you have to pay two to four times the amount that was given to you to get out of the contract so let's say a player was given a hundred million dollars you could have to pay upwards of 400 million dollars to get out of this contract so in essence you're staying on the live tour it's
0: almost like uh college football coaches and you know universities with buyout clauses if their guys leave or if a coach leaves sometimes he has to pay it it's Interesting interesting uh process there.
1: Yes, it's certainly interesting as all of this unfolds. Uh, and as we had talked a little bit about it yesterday and what the direction is going to be for live, uh, and just kind of whether or not you would want to bet a live golfer in the Masters, have you seen enough competitive rounds for them? They are playing a tournament this week in Orlando, but prior to this, they've only had two live tournaments. Some of the golfers have picked up other opportunities uh, on the the DP World Tour or the Asian tour to get some starts and try to get some world ranking points and and to get themselves ready to go but it's kind of hard when you don't have the metrics you don't have the data you haven't seen them are you willing to put your money on a live guy to go win the masters go win it at augusta national it's it's kind of a challenging proposition to think about but we'll get into much more of the masters next week really looking forward to the event if you can't tell hour number two is coming up on the other side of the break it is the extra point we'll dive into the final four that gets underway this weekend and of course your phone calls and there's still that von hansen's meats and spirits 100 gift certificate available as well uh, 602-260-1060 is the number for your calls and we'll take your calls around eleven fifteen as well hour two is next it is the extra point